0: Thank you, Kelly. It's great to be with you in the house of the Lord this morning, whether you're joining us here in person or online. Before I bring the text to us today, I want to offer a prayer for us that we pray every week as a reminder of the burden and challenge, but also opportunity, that reading the scripture together is. So I invite you to pray this prayer with me. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. I'm going to ask if you would stand with us as we honor the reading of God's word from the prophet Isaiah in chapter 60 this morning. Isaiah says this, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light, and the kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look around. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from far away, and your daughters shall be carried on their nurses' arms. Then you shall see and be radiant, for your heart shall thrill and rejoice. Because of the abundance of the sea shall be brought to you, the wealth of the nation shall come to you, a multitude of camels shall cover you. The young camels of Midian and Ephah and those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall proclaim proclaim the praise of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. If you're anything like me, especially during this season, you'll realize what a tight grip light has on the quality of your life. One of my favorite things actually about this room is the amount of light that we have, because even though it doesn't come for many hours during the day, when it's here, it feels very present. We all maybe feel the weight of this half of the year as it brings with it a shorter day. As we watch the sun go down earlier and earlier than we feel like it should each hour of the day. I found myself particularly this week longing for sunlight in a way I haven't before. And I don't know, maybe it's the new year it creates an expectation in some of us that something new and joyful might come. Maybe it's the season of epiphany that leads us to reflect on the amount of light in our lives. I'm not quite sure where this all comes from, but I know that light has mattered to me more these days than it ever has before. And I think we can resonate with these even from our most childlike of days. See, when I was a child, light mattered to me for a different reason, because light provided security and safety. And there wasn't a scarier moment in my day than that moment when I would turn the light switch off between then and getting under the covers of my bed, because it was pure and utter darkness. A darkness in which anything was possible and my imagination would run wild. The things I could imagine to me in those moments feel like fantasy now, but seemed all too real to me then. And while light provided security, it also provided accountability. See, for when I would come home from school and turn my bedroom light, I would see it in all of its entirety, the good and the bad. I'd see the sometimes-made bed, but sometimes the unfolded laundry. I know none of you can resonate with that in your home. <laughs> I would see the piles that were put together, but also particularly the piles that had been shoved under my bed, long to be forgotten. The water cups and the dishes that I had forgotten to take back to the sink, even though time and time again my mom had reminded me. I think that light provides this interesting dynamic. While it provides security for us, it also gives us moments of revelation where we are to see all that is in front of us, both the good and the bad. It's an interesting phenomenon in that it allows us to see all that is, perhaps even more, that we wish to see at certain times. This season of Epiphany is an interesting time in the year for us as we follow the story of Jesus. If you're tracking along with what we do here at Skyview, we follow the story of Jesus each and every year, beginning with the time of Advent, a time that remembers the anticipation that God's people felt for thousands and thousands of years as they awaited this coming Messiah. And then for 12 days, we celebrated this birth of Christ in this season of Christmas. This arrival of a king, not one born in a palace or with economic power and privilege or military might, but a humble peasant king, born in a stable, with the most quiet of origins, who came for peace. And now we move into this next chapter of Christ's story, this season that we call Epiphany, the seven-week time in which we look at not just the arrival of this king, but are led to ask the question, what sort of king is this? What sort of Messiah is this that actually comes here in the world? And I think this season, unlike others, leads us to some important truths. See, first, this time is grounded in a couple key stories we find in Scripture, The first one being the story of the Magi. These three nobles that traveled from very far, that were well-educated and very wealthy, traveled from the east to visit the Messiah. An interesting note about this story found in Matthew chapter 2 is that these people were not part of the Jewish story. They weren't part of what people might have understood as the inside crowd, those who Jesus had come for, but were in fact outsiders to the story that we had known so far. The author goes even further to say that they came from the East, a place in Scripture that is noted often as somewhere where God is not. Not so much geographically, but just when you see authors mention things come from the East, it's meant to inspire us for a moment to think maybe what God is doing is bigger than the kind of the bubble that we had created. The expectation of where we expected God to work, but in fact the story of the Magi, is a sign to us that who this Messiah is is much larger, much more expansive, much wider, bigger, deeper than any sort of expectation we might have of where God is to work. The other story is the baptism of Jesus, found in all four Gospels, a moment of revelation and light in which the heavens opened to reveal Christ for who he truly was. And while these stories may not sometimes seem connected, they get us to the heart of what this season is all about— A time of light and revelation in which Christ's story is made real to us. A time in which we are invited to ask in a deeper way, how does God want to be made real in this world, in these circumstances, in the questions and challenges and struggles that each of us face in this time in our lives? And within these stories is this understanding that sometimes we can put blinders on. Sometimes we can create through our own expectations and understandings of where God will work, put blinders on ourselves to fail to see the expanse of God's work around us. I say to you as one who has done this myself, at times expected God to work in the circumstances where I wanted God to be most present, have failed to at times see and experience how God was perhaps working outside of my own life. So the prophet Isaiah comes to us with a few thoughts this morning. In chapter 60, in these six short verses, Isaiah speaks to a nation of Israel in an incredibly tumultuous time in their history. If you know anything about Israel's history, you'll know that this marks a significant moment in their lives. This moment that we refer to as exile, a time in which they had been dispersed from their home and sent to another place that was not familiar, a place where they didn't know who they were anymore, a place where they began to doubt that God even cared for them. And this story in Isaiah begins right in the middle of it all. Having been deported from their land, Israel has experienced slavery under three major empires, the Babylonians, the Assyrians, and the Persians, a time in which they had lost their sense of self. And so this book in Isaiah is understood in these three major movements, sometimes referred to as 1st, 2nd, and 3rd Isaiah. In the first, we find Israel in the heart of exile. In the second movement, we see them beginning to be returning to their homeland as Cyrus releases them back. And the third and final movement in chapter 60, where we find ourselves today, the prophet speaks to an even greater liberation a greater salvation, a greater future that would go beyond simply Israel returning to their home in Jerusalem, but a liberation that God had planned for the entire world. This sort of understanding of the story matters to us immensely as we sort of read through these texts and try to understand what they mean for us today, because we cannot shake this reality that God, when God speaks to Israel, speaks to them in the midst of their hardship in the midst of their pain and struggle and turmoil, and rather than ignoring it, rather than waiting for things to get better, rather than pulling them out of their experiences, comes directly into these moments of pain and hardship and doubt and lives with them. I don't know about you, but today I feel hardship and doubt. That this season perhaps accentuated by a new year, a time where all of us maybe are led to wonder what's next for us. For those of us that make resolutions or words for our year or create new goals and patterns have maybe felt the despair a little deeper. As we came into a new year, but things didn't seem to actually be better, they actually seemed to be a little worse than the year before. And I think people like Isaiah have so much more to say to us in times like this that they remind us that the God that we serve, the reason that we gather here in this space, the reason that we pray, that we read scripture, that we meditate on these, th- these thoughts, that this is not a God that waits for things to get better to show up in our lives. But in these moments of doubt and desperation and burden is exactly where we find God. And so the prophet Isaiah comes to Israel in this moment. And this message of hope transcends the circumstances of Israel. It keeps in mind the things that they experience from the, from the time that they were dispersed from their homeland to the time that they would return spanned almost 200 years. And even after returning to their home, even after returning to this place that might mark a glimmer of hope in their lives, they don't return to the same place. They returned to a land that no longer feels like theirs because it looks different. It feels different because it just is different. The temple, the place that was the core piece of identity for Israel, the place in which they understood everything that they were, was crumbling. Life was unrecognizable. And it is here amidst a broken Israel that this God works to rebuild their lives and offer them a new world. So he offers these words to them. Arise, shine, for your light has come. Isaiah tells them that the dawn is breaking, that light is on its way, and that while the valley still may be shrouded in darkness, the first rays of the sun begin to light up this city that they approach. This group of exiles who are beginning to return to their home, God speaks a word of hope to them. Amidst even the darkest of circumstances, God says your light has come. And even though darkness continues to cover the earth, the light has made its claim in the world and is not pulling away. For this light is to be a focal point, that even amidst the darkest of days there was offered something to which they could look and cling and long for. That as the days didn't always get better, God provided a light that they could look to and know that God was there. What distracts us from seeing these sort of things in our world today? When light feels hard to come by, both literally and metaphorically in our world, can we start to doubt that it maybe is even real? When we feel to see the effects that we expect light to have in our lives Do we perhaps stop believing in its power? Even amidst the darkness, when everything seems to be falling apart around us, does our faith at times fall with it? Isaiah says this, nations will come to your light. See that the light that is both seen and received begins to transform us as those who see and receive it, but also begins to draw others close. What is shown here is that God is beginning to gather all peoples, all persons, to one place for one community. That those who have invited Christ to be a part of our lives. For those of us sitting here today who have accepted the call and decided to follow Christ, there is an important reminder that the transformation that is given to us is also to be shared, is also to be inviting. It is not simply for our own sake, but for the sake of all those who might see us. Therefore, our posture during seasons like this matters. During seasons where we feel the burden all too heavy, where we feel the struggle and the pain and the hardship that these sort of seasons bring to us, our posture matters not simply for our own sake, but for those who might see us. See, to believe that God is seeking to transform the entire world requires something of us. It requires that we live in a way that shows this world that we believe that light has come. It requires an intentional posture and behavior, one that refuses to reflect the division and unrest that sources of information often seek us to believe. Instead of seeking to reflect this sort of division and unrest, it invites us to reflect the light of Christ that is in all things, both good and bad. The final words that Isaiah gives to them is this, Lift up your eyes and look around. Then you shall see and be radiant. What is experienced here does more than transform, but it offers us new eyes To see both what is ahead of us, but also what has always been in front of us since the beginning. Do we see what God sees these days? I worry that at times, due to the amount of information that we can intake in one day, when we read the news, check our social media feeds, talk to our friends and family, we're led to see something else. Something perhaps that God asks us to push back against. Perhaps we at times give in to the despair, give in to the doubt, give in to the struggle, give in to the division that this sort of information invites us to reflect. But what is important is that what is promised through the prophet Isaiah is not simply an alleviation of our burdens, but more so it is a set of eyes to see the world around us as God sees it. See, I wonder if at times this light that God offers to us, much like the light that I experienced as a child and still experience today, would teach us to see all that is around us, would teach us to see the things that we want to see, but also the things that we wish we couldn't, wish weren't there, the things we wished we could ignore, See a promise of light especially in challenging days such as these can feel elusive or even impossible. For Israel, certain parts of life were getting better, but others would get much worse. A brief look at history will tell us of the constant persecution and occupation and unrest and division that this group of people would experience. The light that God promised did not always bring them an alleviation from the burdens of everyday life, but instead sought to give them eyes which they could see amidst all of the challenge, amidst all of the struggle, that as things didn't always necessarily feel better, as things perhaps felt worse, the light that God offered them sought to give them a perspective through which they could endure all circumstances." And while this sort of outlook may seem complex at times, I think it gets us to the heart of the function of light. Because seasons like this are undoubtedly challenging. Because maybe you, like me, came into a new year with an expectation. An expectation of yourself, an expectation of others, an expectation of our world a hope and a prayer that things would look how we wanted them to. But when they didn't, we're left wondering, where does Christ fit into all of this? At times for some of us, the light of Christ can function as a simple therapy, a sort of alleviation from the turmoil that we experience. And while that certainly is the case that Christ offers us alleviation from pain at times, Epiphany reminds us that Christ's story, one of incarnation, of real presence in our world, is so much more than that. Because to only understand Christ as one who alleviates our pain will at times fall apart. When circumstances don't find reprieve, when the days seem to be crumbling around us once again, When the new year passes, yet newness seems further away than it has ever been. What about these days in which we find ourselves? Does Christ become absent, irrelevant, with nothing else to offer us? Certainly not. For light in its truest form does more than simply alleviate pain, but it illuminates all that is in front of us. Perhaps the things that we long for, but also the things we hoped to forget. Perhaps this season for you has brought pain to the surface that you had long forgotten or pushed away. Perhaps certain pain has been accentuated by a time that's usually filled with joyous celebration, family, and laughter. For a variety of reasons, maybe your table was one seat empty this year. Maybe from loss, falling apart with family, disagreement, whatever it might be. I know this season has been hard for many of us for many, many reasons. And it is in times like this that Christ comes to us amidst all of it. Amidst the good and the bad, and says, I am still with you. I think part of the struggle of this time, of this pandemic for many of us, as it has given the space for us to analyze the entirety of our lives. In this disruption of our schedules, our plans, and our dreams, we have been faced with our lives as they truly are. And there's a tendency when following Christ to simply look for the ways that God can fix it all. But what Epiphany reminds us of the promise that God does not just look at the good parts of our lives, but God looks at all of it. Amidst the hurt, amidst the sadness, amidst the bitterness, amidst the pain, God pulls us close. For he says that my light has come. It is in this closeness that we can begin to experience the light for what it truly is. A source of revelation that affirms God's nature to be one that sees us. One that knows us. And one that loves us. No matter what our circumstances might be. It is amidst these struggles that light gives us strength. That even under the burden of whatever life might bring, god this God who pulls us close, embraces us, and transforms us will give us strength to endure all that is. When everything feels like it's falling apart, this is when faithfulness in God is defined. For it is not simply defined in the moments when things feel light and easy, but the moments when everything feels the opposite. And this sort of faithfulness is where we receive a new perspective to see what others perhaps do not. It gives us eyes to see a God who has not abandoned us during any moment of any of it. Nor a God who wants to forget about our past. But it invites us to see a God who wants to wrap all of it up and redeem the whole thing. Moments where pain begins to resurface from our past are sometimes some of the most challenging moments in our lives because there's a tendency to want to push it back down, to kick it back under the bed so that we don't see it again because we don't want to feel those feelings. If you're anything like me during this season, you've experienced some of those resurfacings. Moments you wished you could forget have come back up. Moments you didn't want to think about anymore. But these are the sort of moments that define who God is for us. These are the sort of moments that define what God wants to do in our lives because these are the moments that God says, all that you are, all that you bring to the table, all that is in your past, all of it will be redeemed. That the work that God seeks to do in our lives is not pulling us away from things, but actually living in and among them and redeeming them. That life might be found in some of the darkest of places. I tell you today that there have been dark places in my life where I was convinced that God no longer cared, no longer thought about, had no power to do anything. Amidst broken family situations in my past, Amidst doubt and struggle with my own value and identity and sense of self, there had been times in my life where I had long stopped believing that God cared. And while new years lead us to want to move past and beyond them, it is important for us in moments like this, especially during this season of the pandemic where we have been faced directly with some of these hardships in a new way, For us to pause and ask where God might be in all of it. Because we can first assure that God remains when faithful even in our suffering and guides us to an era of peace. The second thing that we can assure is that in our faithfulness amidst the trials of life, this posture, this behavior that we demonstrate in these moments are crucial In how and when the kingdom might come to this earth. In the way that God calls it to. As people that are invited to participate in what God is doing, we don't sit and wait for God to redeem it all, but we ask God, how might we be a part of all of that? Directly inviting us to look at the pain and brokenness in our past and say, God, let's fix this together. And while these moments have been challenging for me in my life, While these moments have proved some of the most taxing, emotionally draining at times, they have also been the most revelatory. The moments in which I have learned to see God for who God truly is. That there are pains and burdens so deep in our lives that we struggle to even name them at times. We can fumble for the very words to describe that which we feel, but can come up empty. But part of this light that is offered to us rests in giving us the words that God gives us to endure. Learning to not only name the pain, to name the darkness, to identify what it is, but also to speak truth of who God is amidst all of that is where we are truly defined. The character of Job stands as a figure who understands this, who understands the light for the power that it has that amidst immense pain and hardship Says, for I know that my Redeemer lives and that at last he will stand upon the earth. It is this language that Job develops and learns to live a life of wholeness and integrity amidst a gathering doom and gloom. When we feel this anguish oncoming, where does our language turn? Does it rest in the ever-divisive and disheartening headlines that often seek to divide and dissuade us? Do the thoughts that fill our minds and hearts during seasons like this close our eyes even further to God's presence during hardship? Light at times can offer us words that we might begin to name that which pains us most. It gives us a set of eyes That even amidst the pain of our everyday life, we can begin to see God present in all of it. My prayer for us as a church during this season of Epiphany is that we would lean into that which is in front of us. All of it. Both the good and the bad. Both the encouraging and the not so much. Both the good days and the more challenging ones that we would not run from the things that burden us most, but in fact would lean into them, that we would not simply sit and wait for God to alleviate the turmoil, but that we would have a boldness to step into all of it, a boldness to step into the pain of the world, because when we learn to step into that which burdens us most, these are the moments where we will find God. These are the places where we will discover where God has been the entire time, A God who was not just born into this world, but came into it, to live among it, to experience it, to die on a cross, to understand the deepest sufferings and longings of who we are as people. And so during times like this, church, where we feel the burden, know that you're not alone. As we gathered this morning, With our worship team and tech team, before we started our service, we felt a presence, a spirit of weariness, knowing that for each and every one of us, while our experiences may be unique during this time, they have also been the same. In some ways, we have shared a burden that at times we try to hold all by ourselves, And I know the times that I try to hold burdens by myself are the times that I struggle the most. And so our invitation is both to learn to share them with God, but also to share them with one another. When we begin to discover that we are not alone amidst all of this, we begin to see God for who God truly is. I pray that our prayers would be filled with celebration, but also lament. That we would learn to name those things which burden us most. That we would share them as we gather with God each and every day, and my hope is that you do, whether through prayer, meditation, or reading of scripture, whatever it might be, as you gather with the Creator each and every day, I ask that you would have a boldness to share all that you are with God parts that are both exciting, but also the parts that maybe you've kicked under the bed hoping to forget. Would you ask God to give you the words to understand, to sustain, and to endure during challenging days such as these? It is in moments like this that we will begin to see our Messiah, our Savior, our Liberator, the one who comes into all of it. The parts that excite us, but also the parts that burden us. As Kelly comes up and leads us in a few more songs this morning, I ask us to pause and reflect on perhaps the things that we have chosen to forget about. The things that perhaps we have pushed aside for a time. That there's a tendency to come into spaces like this in our worship of God and leave all that we are at the door But in fact what god invites us to each and every week is to bring all that we are to bring it all to his feet to bring it all to the foot of the cross a place where god suffered and died but found life it is in these moments that we as people are defined it is in these moments that we as people begin to discover The intention that God had for us all along, that we would never be a people that were dishonest about our own experiences, but a people that had the boldness to say, This is how it is. A people that can go through seasons of struggle and challenge and heartbreak and say, God, I know that you're still here. As the days feel a little better, but then as the days feel a little bit worse. Giving us eyes to endure. To follow as faithfully as we know how. Let's stand and sing these songs together this morning.